Welcome back, listeners, to David and Aaron's Save the World. Save the world with David and Aaron. <laughs> the unstoppable. I have not said that in a long time. Oh, too long. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Our latency's a little bad. It's horrible. Oh, just, and see, this is the pro. This is this is why we have been so long in the coming because we are so sick. Of all this remote nonsense. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes, that's all I have to say. <laughs> for for those that listen in the future, the year is 2020 and it is the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So everything's remote. Not that this podcast wasn't remote before, but it's caused a lot of other issues that have taken our time. Indeed. <laughs> that's in- why we haven't been able to podcast as often. Indeed. Although I will say it sounds really cool when you're like, for future listeners, the year is 2020. You're like, <gasps> <laughs> sounds like a a war documentary or something. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It sounds. It sounds like something you, you like. Everyone knows because it's that big of a deal. Like people in the future will know what we're talking about. When we say it was the year 20, it's like saying it was the year 1942. Like, oh, you're like, oh, did Columbus sail the ocean blue? And you're like, no, but World War happened. So, you know, (laughs) this is, I can see just like a group of bored students in a classroom watching some documentary. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's the year 2020. And they're like, oh, not this again. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to learn about this again? I've already seen this documentary. Serious. We know it was a bad pandemic. We get it. (laughs) Can I go back to my pod now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This social interaction is tiring me out to such a degree. Please release us. Maybe they'll listen to our podcast as part of a historical... Like a, like a, you know, like, like they play a snippet of it in the documentary, like recordings from that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, they'll be like, oh, I stumbled upon these great recordings about all this crazy, like all this craziness that was happening in the year 2020, and it was, it'll be like, it'll be like the, ah, oh, you ever watch Futurama? You didn't watch Futurama. No, oh. I know of it. Okay, it's like every time they go back to the year 2000. Like, like the, in the future, they're like talking about the year 2000 and like everything's all messed up and t- like, <laughs> they're like, this is, this is a thing. And you're like, no, it's not. It's a, it's a pizza. It's a pizza thing. And you're like, oh, it's just a pizza shop. Like, oh, <laughs> but it sounds really like assigning things the wrong way. And... Yeah. 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 Exactly. Gotcha. So yeah, that that's what it'll be like. And they'll just take a lot of what we say out of context. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be good. Ooh, that'll be good. I'm excited for that. That'll be good. Um, I hope that happens. That would be pretty cool to be in a documentary, I would say. Indeed. <laughs> Man, we could be in a... Do- no, no, wait, no, no. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> Too much work. I don't I don't want to do that. Agre- agreed. <laughs> agreed. The podcast is plenty. <laughs> Anyways, one, one thing I want to bring up, though, that I think is a problem well solved mm-hmm. is... Something I mentioned last episode about the virtual CVPR, the virtual computer science conference I attend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was kind of mentioning the format where it's all online. You go into different meeting rooms, et cetera, to talk to the authors mm-hmm. and the different things that had to do with the format. Yes, and I thought it was and great. I thought, I thought it was awesome. Yes. I, I did it, and 
everything I had predicted about it was true. And yes. the way I thought about the way I thought I would feel about it was also true. Like it was so nice, so convenient. And the best thing about it is all the authors had to upload their videos. And so you could play them at double speed, <gasps> which yes! is so much better this for is... just quickly getting information. It's so nice. Yes. Well, because oh, some people can just talk and talk and talk like me. I just can talk and talk. It'd be so oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy. Yeah. Anyway, so like, remember, like, remember the conference is, you know, supposed to be four days long. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe was in it for five hours total. Mm-hmm. But I could get through everything I wanted to get through in that time oh, between the four days, you know. Uh-huh. It was so nice, so convenient. But you know what is funny? Hmm. I asked some of my colleagues at my internship that I was working that summer mm-hmm. what they thought. And they're all older members of the you know research community. Uh-huh. And they all hated it. Yeah. Of course <laughs> they did. Which is so funny to me. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't get it because I'm like, this is this was beautiful. How could you not <laughs> like it? You know. <laughs> I and I agree because you know why? Because it's perfect. You don't have to talk to anyone, and you can absorb information as fast as you can. There's none of this nonsense. Ah, <laughs> mm, yes, I love it. I don't understand. Well, <laughs> I don't emotionally understand why they couldn't like it. Well, one of the points they kept bringing up was like, oh, you don't get a, you know, social network with people as much, you know, and build networks. Mm-hmm. And I feel like <laughs> this is going to sound rude, but I think it's an artifact of people attending the conferences when they were smaller 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. If yeah. you've been in the research community for that long, then it was only a group of like 500 people instead of, you know, 7,000 people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you, so you could slowly. Get to know everybody. You know that line in Avatar where <laughs> I I can't remember who asked, but they asked like the White Lotus uh-huh. how they all know each other. And the Boomies just like, all old people know each other, yeah. don't you know? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking that, about. That's how I feel like I that's how I feel like every time I talk to someone that's been in the computer science research community for a long time. <laughs> it's just like they seem to know every other member just because I think they've been there. Since it was a smaller group. Oh man! But for but for us younger guys that are just barely getting in, there's just there's just no way we're ever going to get to know everyone in the research community. You know, it just doesn't work. It's too right. big at this point. Right, right. It keeps growing, and and therefore you just it's you're just not going to be able to keep up with it. Plus, you're too busy doing research. Why would you? Uh, why would you? Uh, why would you bother <laughs> with trying to get to know everybody when you know Joe Schmo over there isn't even part of your field? Like, it's not even the same related. You know, it's computer science, ooh, but it's totally on the opposite end. Like, why would I talk to them? Right. Well, even within computer vision, you know, it's like, well, that person does, you know, face detection, and I don't even do anything related to that. You know? So, it's... <laughs> right. Why would I ever get, need to get to know them, you know? Right, right, right. I hear you. I hear you. That's – I agree. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather – I'd much rather spend more time getting to see all the papers and then getting to know two or three people that I really need to know mm-hmm. much better rather than getting to know a lot of different people, which – you probably won't remember next time you see them. You know? <laughs> right. And then you have to do the whole like, oh, no, I've met this person before, but I can't remember their name. And then you have to be like, hello. Or you'd like try not to talk to them because you don't know them, <laughs> but you 
you know you've met them before and they, and then they look at you and they like oh no they're coming over here like what do we do and yeah yeah <laughs> or what i've done in the past is actually like look up who they hang out with like which university they're with mm-hmm. go to that university's computer science faculty page oh no really <laughs> actually find them yes yeah, i've done that a couple of times well oh that's it's like genius. i know you're at that university let me go to that <laughs> website really quick oh that's your name that's right right and then know. and then you can know their name and then they feel stupid for not knowing your name and you're just like yes <laughs> it's a, it's a way to show dominance in some way of like yes i remembered even though you didn't but right yeah <laughs> It's yeah. Anyways, virtual conference, big thumbs up for me. I hope they do more like that. Agreed. Agreed. Also a big thumbs up for me. I think, I think we're saving the world one conference at a time. (laughs) We are saving the world. Okay. Because we're still having conferences. We're still furthering the cause of science and technology and staying safe. Genius. I, yes, it gets a thumbs (laughs) up. Of course, of course, of course. And I, I also, for many people's sake, who's not me, hope that sometime regular conferences start back up as well <laughs> yes. in conjunction with. I think that will be the one conference I will like to actually go to is the first physical conference again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will be nice. And then I'll be like, all right, I want to go back to the remote <laughs> conferences. <laughs> you, go to the, you go to the real one again and it's going to be like, oh, yes, this is why we chose the other one for a little while. Yes, we will keep doing that. <laughs> this wasn't as great as I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was more just the anticipation of seeing people again. Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. This makes me happy. Saving the world. That's what we're about here. Okay. Got another item to follow up. Yes. And so I didn't tell you this beforehand. Okay. I didn't want to get you too excited. Okay. But I did go and watch those marble races <gasps> that you talked you about. You did? <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not too... Oh, you didn't even tell... You You sneak. You didn't tell me. Urgh, you didn't tell me. And I wanted to get your true reaction on the podcast. Okay. Okay. So I had to make sure I didn't mention it. I, I'm so excited. Okay. So what'd you think? What, what, how was it? Which, who's your team? What's going on? Tell me, tell me everything. Okay. So I... I knew you said that from the get-go. I got to choose a team. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. You have to choose because if not, they're just marbles. I, so I just watched like a couple of races mm-hmm. without a team just to kind of get like a feel for what was going on and how they worked. Yeah, yeah. And then I hoped that like my spirit animal would call to me and it would tell me which team I should, you know, root for. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But to be honest, I ended up picking the O-Rangers. What? Because it was the easiest marble to follow <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> I, I kept losing track of the other ones if I picked them, so I had to go with the Arrangers. Wait, but. Because it's just a bright orange. Oh, I just. Uh, I, I, uh, okay, 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 okay. But so. But. Uh, but did, did they call to you? Did, did, was, is your heart in it now? Are they your team? Or are you just? <sighs> they kind of have to be because I don't know. Again, I, I I lose track of them following other ones, but I will say this: there was a race where the Rangers were like in second or third. Yeah, 
and I was I I could feel myself like actually like chanting on the inside like go 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 you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> even though I know it's a dumb marble so I was I was feeling that like. <laughs> That stupid orange marble's got to win this race because mm-hmm. it's my orange marble. Ex- exactly, exactly. You're like this is, has to happen because because this has to happen. They're my team. Oh, that, it sounds like you did it. It sounds like you were successful. In oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, this is so good. You did it. <laughs> okay, okay. So how many races? Which races did you watch? What, what where were you watching? What were you watching? Tell do tell. I think I was watching like the 2019 finals and qualifiers or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact ones I picked. Mm-hmm. Although I will say this, I was impressed. I thought the more fun thing was the the not the races, but like the different tests they did. I thought that was really creative. Like they have to push a block. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, th- they throw like six down, and they all have to push a, like a block down a certain distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one, or they're in like some funnels, and they're trying not to go down mm-hmm. the center. So like the last one to get to the bottom. I actually really enjoyed those the most. I thought that was the most creative and kind of entertaining. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, that's so okay. I I agree. Uh, my the first one that ever caught my attention that I still remember really well was balancing. Um, I don't know if you saw oh, yeah, those. Where they, yeah, they try to go as far as they can on just a single, like almost a single line as wide as a marble. Right. Uh, oh, right. So exciting. So so exciting. <laughs> and then there's those rounds where like they all just kind of fall off at the very beginning. You're like, nah. if they were not your team, or if they were your team, then you weep. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't weep over them, but they're just exciting. They're just so you just get so into it, and it's just oh, it's so much fun. It's it's way more fun because no one's actually getting hurt, and no no <laughs> one's feelings have to get hurt. Oh, I like it. Ooh, it's good. I like it. Oof, oof, yes. I, I do think there's one problem, though. I think that will never make me a true part of this society mm-hmm. of marble lovers. Mm-hmm. And that is I understand physics too much. Okay. So, like, once I know that a marble is in a certain spot, like, especially in the races, uh-huh. like, my, my my brain does the calculation. It's just like, yeah, that marble is never catching up. So, like, I right. stop cheering as soon as I know <laughs> for sure that it's already lost. Okay, yeah. And so oh, man. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gun ho unless it's really close <laughs> to fit being in first. Otherwise I'm just like, well, physics screwed you over. I'm sorry. You're not going right. to race. <laughs> that's okay. That, you know what? That's fair on, on most of the, ra- most of the stuff that that's, I agree. That's fair. Once they're behind, in, behind fifth, you're just kind of like, Ooh, I just, you just not going to make it. <laughs> But I don't know. I don't know. Some of them, uh, maybe I just don't understand physics well enough. But some of them really surprised me, <laughs> especially with the with the funnel one. The funnel one was weird because it's like they they hit a marble, they hit each other wrong, and then like two of them would like drop through yeah. like three runs, and you're just like, oh, what? Like, oh my gosh! That is one of the reasons I liked a lot of the creative ones because okay. it is less predictable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the races it's pretty easy to determine who's going to finish in the top five like you said okay yeah yeah the the tests the tests were a little bit more just random and so it was a little bit more exciting you know you never knew if something was just going to collide and stop you know Mm -hmm. and fall down the funnel or okay who knows what marbles are going to push the block farther that type of thing yeah so it felt much more like you're watching it in the moment and rather than calculating what was going to happen right right you're definitely not a marbula one 
fan. He, you should stay in the Marble <laughs> League for sure. That's that's yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, that's so good. That makes me so happy. Ah, did you did you watch any of the? Oh, what's the one? The long jump or whatever, where they go down like a little ramp into some dirt. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, that one was fun. I liked that one. Ah, this is... Oh, there's... Oh, ah, mm, I love this stuff. I love it so much. My sister also cheers for the O-Rangers, my older sister, and... Yeah, they're... um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't like the O-Rangers, but that's okay, because... A little bit of rivalry there. Just a little bit. They're just so, like... They're just so... They're just so... <laughs> ah, they just—I don't know. I uh, just, just, just so you know, Aaron, I, it, if they were painted a different color, I wouldn't root for them either. Oh. So <laughs> it is purely an optical decision. But what about so. the green ducks? Are easy to follow too. The green, yeah, but they were always in last. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's the ones I watched. They always were not very close to front so i agree the yeah i agree yeah the green ducks they're not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cheer for a loser especially coming into a new sport (laughs) (laughs) shots fired green ducks what you gonna do about it huh nothing (laughs) because you're marbles that's why there is there is one other problem okay this marble race though okay and that is that the regular sports have started back up and so oh. now I can go back to watching those. <laughs> so the interest for the marble ones has died back down. Yeah. For me, but. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, well, I'll keep it on my radar, though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get together when they do a full, when they finally release like the full Marble Olympics or something. We'll we'll get together and get some <laughs> wings or something and watch it. It'd be great. Oh. I, was, I was gonna say, gen- generally during the summer, sports are awful, anyways, because once basketball is done. You know, all you have is like baseball and golf, and I'm not a big fan of either of those. So. Right, right. In in that in that break between like mid June to mid August, somewhere in there, would be a good time for me because I'd be a- aching and itching for sports in that moment. So perfect. Just keep that in okay. mind. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I will. I those are the hot summer months. That's that's perfect. You just stay inside and watch. Watch Marble Marble races. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Oh, I'll keep it in mind. Okay, so now I have one more follow up item. Another is this another surprise follow up or, or are we done? No, this with is super- the one we talked about. Okay. Oh, okay. okay so okay, okay, good. Just for the listeners, just so they know, Aaron has. I have confirmed this beforehand. <laughs> Aaron has watched. The current wars. I did. I did. Finally, uh, after last episode's embarrassment, or two episodes ago, or whenever it was. <laughs> Man. Uh, I watched it, though. We watched the current wars. We both watched it. We were excited for it. We're bringing back Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla for another round of talking about them. I'm excited. Because <laughs> if it's one thing we've learned... About, about ourselves during this podcast is that we'll never stop being curious and analytical about movies mm-hmm. and historical figures. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. This is true. I can confirm a hundred percent that these are things that I, this maybe not that I have learned, but that has, this podcast has definitely confirmed to me that this is something that I can do all the time forever it's exciting it's fun it's great <laughs> ah who doesn't love it 
So movies with history, that's just going to be double analytical. So <laughs> buckle up, listeners. It might get deep in just a minute here. So keep that in mind. Yes. 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 So, well, obviously the spoiler warning. So, David, what did you think of this movie? Okay. So I thought long and hard about how I would decide my rating on this movie. Mm-hmm. And so rather than give an overall rating mm-hmm. or ranking, I'm going to give you my rating of each of the main characters separately. Ooh. How well it was portrayed. Okay. I'm, uh, ooh, okay. okay. I like this. I like this a lot. So first rating, Edison. Okay. I give that an A for how well Benedict Cumberbatch was able to represent the mentality and the persistence of Edison. Mm-hmm. You definitely get the feel, right? I was worried that they were going to like turn him into a hero or something, right? Like right, the right. same old story we heard in kindergarten. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they definitely right. did not do that. <laughs> right. Right. And I thought it was good. Like they didn't just start him out as this like cruel, you know, evil businessman. Mm-hmm. Although I would have been fine if they did that. <laughs> but they did a good yeah. job of showing that, like, he lost his wife, which was a big deal. I didn't realize that, actually, mm-hmm. before the movie, um, that his wife had died. That, that was really yeah um, insightful. You know, something like that can really change a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially, I, I don't know if, how much of their portrayal was, was accurate, but especially such a such a strong supporter of what he did is what it felt like to me. Or was it? Right. I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's and there's a couple of moments where she complains that he's not around enough and that type of thing because he's right. constantly working. But right. But you still you still feel that weight when she passes away, and you feel what happens to Edison. So yeah, they did a really good job of that. Okay. And showing how things just kind of built up to him wanting to maintain his status and his image, and all the other things that happened with like him losing different people to Westinghouse, right? The different cities to Westinghouse. Yeah. How he kind of mistreated Tesla and um, yeah, just yeah. all sorts of things. The whole electric chair debacle where he didn't want to be responsible oh, for it, but he man. still was yeah. kind of sending letters secretly. Turns out that's not exactly how it happened. Okay. We'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. But I think, I think overall, movie-wise, cinematography-wise, and pretty much historically, they did a really good job of representing Edison and giving a clear picture that he wasn't just, you know, this American hero. He he really became someone that was really involved in the business side and came kind of greedy, mm-hmm. had lost a lot of things in his life. And they do give him kind of a redemptive moment at the end, which I also think was good. I don't think he's someone that you should completely disregard because he did a lot of good things right, right. for us. But he's not a hero in terms of his moral character during that time. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. Exactly. As we discussed, as we have discussed, yes, I, I agree. Yes. Okay. So uh, if it's okay, I'll keep moving on mm-hmm. and then I'll mm-hmm. ask your opinion. No, in yeah. The same way. I'm, I'm ready for, uh, yeah, I want you to keep hitting me with these, with these anal- analysis. It helps me remember the movie too because I have a famously bad memory. So we're good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. So, portrayal of Westinghouse. Okay, yeah. I, I'd give it like a B plus. Okay. Okay. 
mostly for some historical inaccuracies. Ooh, do okay. tell. Okay. So I, I think uh, – I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy that played Westinghouse did a really good job. Um, and they did a good job of showing that that kind of rivalry that they had because they were going with the different systems. Mm-hmm. And that was causing this competition. And Westinghouse was kind of more down to earth. And, um, yeah. you know, Edison was kind of greedy and everything. So I really like that comparison, especially that scene when they're trying to win the World's Fair. And, you know, Edison has this big spiel that he has Tom Holland go do for all those executives that run the World's Fair and everything. Yeah. And then Westinghouse just kind of comes in and he's like, well, we're cheaper. You know, like <laughs> he doesn't have this big presentation. Right. He, just, he just knows that he has the better product, so he doesn't have to like big it up sell it you know so i like i like that they they kind of showed that that and i don't know a ton about westinghouse's personality but i imagine with just the things i know historically about what happened that'd be more of his style Mm -hmm. of being down to earth and just using the product that he had and selling that as much as he could right right yeah i also really liked i liked and didn't like Mm -hmm. they they show that moment where again edison's kind of hiding the fact that he's kind of helping propose the electric chair and everything. Yeah. And then Westinghouse kind of exposes his letters, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of this big deal. And he kind of throws him under the bus, if you will. And Westinghouse is kind of all freaking out because it's not really his character. And his wife is actually kind of congratulating him for finally doing it. You know? Oh, yeah. That was – that threw me for a loop. That was weird. Like I was, I was – Oh man, that was like what? Why you're happy about this? Like, uh, well, uh, okay, I guess we're happy. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So there's kind of this moral or this this internal conflict with in himself about whether he should do that. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the letter thing actually never really happened. Okay. Um, Edison wasn't really secretive, and he wasn't necessarily trying to blame it on Westinghouse that type of thing. Yeah. But he specifically had used AC current as a way to show how dangerous it was. I think they kind of show that with the horse that he electrocutes at the beginning. Yeah. So he's kind of using it as slander, but he was, I don't think it was my understanding. He was ever truly secretive about kind of helping the electric chair. Okay. Come to what it was. And so what they're really showing more of is that Westinghouse was constantly fighting this battle with Edison where it wasn't really a, a battle of what product was better. It was more of Edison just constantly throwing propaganda mm-hmm. towards AC current and Westinghouse. And Westinghouse constantly had to put money towards, you know, campaigning and showing the benefits of AC. Right. And he, I, I can't remember the quote, but he basically said that he never felt like he wanted to get in this battle of politics rather than the battle of science. Okay. You yeah. know, and just what was better. Anyway, so I think the letter was kind of a way to show that effectively. Yeah. It's not really historically accurate okay. in that regard. Okay, okay. That's interesting. At least, at least not that. the way they portrayed it. Right, right. It wasn't quite so sneaky-beaky. So another thing, right, that kind of goes along with that, they show this scene where he has his friend that's trying to build the AC motor. Um, yeah. And his friend gets electrocuted yeah. while he's working on it. And then Edison kind of uses that more as propaganda and stuff. Right, yeah. That electrocution actually happened like 10 years or five, I can't remember, five or 10 years after the World's Fair. Oh, what? So they moved it ahead of time to kind of show what 
Edison was using to smear uh, Westinghouse, but it's not, again, it's not quite historically accurate. Okay, okay. So overall, I think those kinds of things, I, I like how they portrayed them. Again, there's a couple things I saw, and I was like, I don't think that's how it quite happened. And you look it up, and it's not quite the way it works <laughs> out. <laughs> that's not quite how it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so just a couple of things like that where I just couldn't quite accept it. And so, but still a really good job and really good cinematography-wise, so give them a B plus. Okay. 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 All right, last one. Well, so one of the characters isn't really a huge character. Tom Holland. Great job. I just love Tom Holland. Yeah. He's a good actor. Thumbs up. He did fantastic. That was, ah, yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. So nothing really there. Plus, I don't really know his character historically. Right. I don't really know much about Edison's assistant. He, well, he seemed more like a, like a movie element to kind of use him as a, right. Almost as a sounding board or a, a reflection so that we can understand Edison better. Right, yeah. I don't think historically it was as as important as shown. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was. I don't know. Anyways, but I think you're right. I think it was more of a cinematographer's tool rather than an actual historical piece mm -hmm. that was important. Yeah. Okay. So all those guys, really high grades. Yeah. Tesla. Yeah. D minus. Ooh. <laughs> D minus? Why not just fail him? Oh. Just, oh. Yeah, I... Okay. I, I would. I was gonna fail him, okay. but I felt like the actor did well with what he was given. Okay. But the the movie's choices of how they used Tesla and what they showed about Tesla was just awful. It was so bad. Okay. Okay. Tesla Tesla doesn't even seem like part of the story. Did you feel like that? I felt like they almost just kind of put him in there because they felt like he was supposed to be in there. I no yeah I agree I I I was kind of waiting for him to be a big deal, and then he just never was, and it was kind of like well, what about Tesla? Like I kept I kept waiting for him to him to do something, and it felt like he never right. did anything. And I was kind of like, but I thought he was supposed to be some kind of genius or something. And I get like he was. I thought the actor <laughs> did a fine job. You know he's. He was acting kind of crazy, but also kind of like a genius. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, this I I I don't know." And at some points, I felt it was believable, right? But then, like, what what's he doing? You know, what's the whole point of having him around if you're not going to use him? Right? Yeah. So let me start off with a few good things, and then we'll get to the bad things. Okay. So, like you said, the actor did a pretty good job of you know trying to represent Tesla as this kind of crazy. Um, eccentric scientist, right? Mm -hmm. One of the scenes I did appreciate was when he's giving that kind of presentation on the AC motor, and the people in the audience are like, "Well, where's the you know the example?" Yeah. And it's like, "Well, I already I built it in my head, you know, like yeah, it's built. I'm, I I'm just... positive it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that, there's there's many stories where Tesla couldn't actually explain what he was trying to describe, really? and his his assistants would kind of have to explain everything for him because he wouldn't write things down and he had lots of things in his head. Kind of like, you know, when like a toddler talks and the slightly older sibling knows what they're saying. You know? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Because you can't understand them, but they're like, oh, they're saying this and this and this. Right. Okay. It was kind of like that with Tesla and his assistants. Like huh. Tesla had a weird way of describing things and everything was in his head and he wouldn't write things down. And so his his assistants would kind of have to put his put the pieces together and explain it better than... He could and things like that. Anyways. Right, right. So lots of weird things like that. They also showed something that was important that Tesla did work for Edison. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember in the 
movie. That, that part was so short. Yeah. But they, the, the big part was Tesla was promised that big bonus for all those patents. Yeah. And then Edison never gave him the bonus. I think they show that. It's so yeah. brief that I forgot they do it, but I think they point that out. No, but yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's something that came up. I felt like that should have been a much bigger moment. Like, oh, now there's this rivalry going on okay. between Tesla and Edison. But they never really, again, explained that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree that I... I just remember it being kind of weird where like Tesla comes in just kind of j- jabbering to, to Edison and Edison's just like, I can't talk to you, you know? And he's, he's all grumpy about right. it. And it's just like that they, they don't ever like, it's just kind of like they never mesh and they never get along. And you're just kind of like, Ooh, this isn't going to go well. And then, yeah, I do remember that he was kind of like, well, where's like, where's the, where's the promotion? And he never gets it. And so he leaves. Right. So, so sadly, that was the two kind of good parts. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so let's get to the bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, the the bad, the worst part is they never explained really at all Tesla's part in all of this. Yeah, they were so bad about showing where his where he kind of lies in the history. Mm-hmm. The real story is that at the beginning when he works for Edison. He's trying to get him these patents, right? Yeah. That, And I don't know all the details of all the patents, but a lot of them are trying to show him basically that switching from a DC current to an AC current mm-hmm. would be way easier for a lot of machines. And he, are, I mean, he built a lot of machines for DC current anyways. Yeah. And then when Edison doesn't give him that bonus, he, he quits – he ends up digging ditches for a while, like just in New York, because mm-hmm. he can't get another job. He starts tries to start that other business, but he's a weird Croatian man back then. You know, <laughs> right, no one yeah. knew who he was. He was a foreigner. Didn't go well. Yeah, he was kind of crazy, and so his business never took off. And that's when Westinghouse kind of brought him on. And the key thing that Tesla did, which again they didn't explain very well in the show. Mm-hmm was that he came up with the first really usable electric motor based on AC current. And DC right. current at that time could not run an electric motor. Okay. At least not efficiently. Yeah. And so Tesla's piece was showing Westinghouse that if they used AC current, they could build an AC motor. And that's why Westinghouse became super competitive was because it was cheaper and you could run these motors on them. Right, right. Okay. They just didn't even, like, I don't remember them talking about that at all in the movie. It's, again, it's so brief and so subtle mm-hmm. that it's it's hard to even recognize. Mm-hmm. And another thing about Tesla is that they kind of just show him as, oh, he does this thing and then he's kind of on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But you had, he was constantly in the the engineering process, they kind of just show Westinghouse always in the, his factory or whatever by himself, his office. Mm-hmm. But it's like Tesla was a huge piece of that. Cause he was constantly building the infrastructure that AC was running on. We, we have the infrastructure we have today for electricity because of Tesla and Westinghouse. Wow. But they show it just like Tesla was not the piece. Like Tesla was yeah. the kind of the main engineer behind all this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I'm sure there's lots of other people that were involved, but like, even if he wasn't the f- the only piece, 
he definitely wasn't just the side minion, you know, that never gets mentioned, you know, <laughs> right, that in is, the story. Yeah, that's just kind of there, I guess, sometimes. I don't really remember. Yeah. I remember him and Westinghouse having a conversation, and that's, like, it. Like, that's the biggest thing I remember from Tesla, is that they just, they talked at one time in his hotel room, and that was it. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't yeah. remember anything else, really. Yeah, the, the, the biggest thing was just, like, it was Edison versus Westinghouse, but really, it was like Edison versus Westinghouse and Tesla. Like mm-hmm. that was they should have been more one piece rather than Tesla just being off to the side. Right. One of the things that I thought was really cool that they actually don't mention that's actually part of the history is that Westinghouse was actually almost going bankrupt from all the the bids for the World Fair and fighting against Edison with propaganda and all the marketing and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. All that fighting kind of drained him financially, hmm. and he actually owed tesla millions of dollars for all of his royalties and contracts and patents and everything yeah yeah and tesla actually ripped up his royalties contract because he knew that westinghouse would go bankrupt without him doing that oh man so he did all that work and then he just tore up his this huge paycheck he should have gotten and he just said better inventions are ahead oh man so that's really cool and that's like why didn't they show that? Like, that's an amazing piece of history. Seriously, that's like that's like a true like a true hero's moment. I just want to be like, he's a hero. Like, <laughs> oh man, what? That's crazy. And they didn't even, yeah, they didn't even, oh, they didn't even mention that. That's kind of, uh, mm. yeah. Well, Westinghouse is still a company you can go buy uh, electronics from today. Right? I can. What? Yeah, there's like Westinghouse TVs. Like, look them up. You can still. Westinghouse is still a electrical company you can buy products from. Huh. Think about that. Ooh. Obviously, they're not as prominent as they were back then. But, again, all the infrastructure we have is because of Westinghouse and Tesla. Like, we owe a lot to them. Wow. Man, he did. He still had a – oh, man, he had a gnarly beard in real life. <laughs> His face hair in the movie was really good. I thought the actress was really cool. But, like, man, this guy had, like, some face hair. He's good. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's so cool. I just didn't even consider that they might still be around. I was just kind of – I kind of accepted it. Like, oh, yeah, Westinghouse, this company that used to exist that was big at one time. Yeah, yeah and a lot of people didn't realize that General Electric – is Edison's company. Like, oh, yeah. I, th- I appreciate they made a big deal about that, that he wanted to be called Edison Electric or something. I can't remember. And, uh, and they were like, no. The the investors in that shiny, f- fancy room were like, no. Right. No way, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. I have one last gripe. Okay. I'm ready. And then I'm done One with my last analysis. gripe. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so when Tesla has his like, own little company, right, that's falling down and failing, right? Yeah. There's a scene where he has a like a little tower on a table and they're like coming to clean out all this stuff and he just kind of grabs it so they don't touch it. Does that sound familiar at all when you're thinking back? I can't remember. Like, closing down. What how how far into the movie was it? It's about halfway. Oh. He, he it's right before Westinghouse brings him on. His company's just failing, and he's in his little office with the glass windows, and they're basically telling him they're shutting down. Oh, oh, maybe. Is it one of those? Uh, one of those? Uh, yeah, no, I remember the tower. I think I remember the tower. I think I remember the tower. Looks like a looks like a little like sphere on the top, radio tower. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the weird the Tesla 
coil tower or whatever that's like it makes electricity all over the place. <laughs> okay. So this is my biggest beef of the movie. Okay. Okay, not my biggest beef, but it just bugged me to no end. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everyone thinks that tower is a Tesla coil. Okay. Right? Yeah. But it's actually supposed to be a representation of what was called Warden Cliff. There's actually a huge tower that was built to try and be kind of the first radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, even before they had radio, Tesla was imagining this tower and he got this funding to build what is now called Wardenclyffe to send, he was going to send signals and he actually wanted to electrify the ground right? to send power wirelessly. Right. And a lot of people have heard that, but that tower is supposed to represent Wardenclyffe. It actually never came to fruition because Marconi invented the radio short after and he lost funding after Marconi. Okay, yeah. Basically did what he was going to do, which is ironic because Marconi stole a lot of Tesla's patents. Oh, seriously? He used a lot of his patents without permission. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, so so much that actually Tesla now has the official recognition as the inventor of the radio, not Marconi. Wow. Because he stole so many. Yeah, they actually, I can't remember what official judge made that decision, but in some court of law, they actually gave (laughs) Tesla the recognition for... Inventing the radio. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's good. I, that makes me feel pretty good, actually. But yeah. Oh, they have. Oh, that. Yeah, they took it down. I was. I was gonna see if I could go see it still, but no, they destroyed no, yeah, it. It's, there's just like a little where the like uh, operations building is. You can still see that if you have special permission. But yeah, the tower is down. Oh, lame. Anyways, but it, something like that drives me crazy. Because who in the world, other than a physics teacher that loves the history of this time period, mm-hmm. is going to know that that little tower represents Wardenclyffe? Right. <laughs> and they, they, they take the point, like, if it was just, like, in the side of the office and they never mention it, like, okay, like, that's fine. That's cool. You know, that's a little Easter egg, if you will. Yeah, yeah. But, like, they, they make the specific point to have him, like, go grab it and be, like, protective of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no one's going to understand what that represents. No one's going to understand that that's some future dream of his. Right. You know, like. But they never mention again in the movie. Like. Yeah, they never mention again. It has no point, And it has no reference to this particular part of the timeline, you know. Right, right. It was just like one of his little things that that um, they just had to grab, you know, when you're getting kicked out or whatever. Yeah. So it's just like, why why take the time to point that out when. You know, it's not like Star Wars where if you have an Easter egg, like all the fans get super excited. You know, this is some <laughs> random, obscure historical moment that no one's going to realize unless they really like this time period. Right, right. So instead, instead of making people like me happy, it just makes me bitter. It just makes me <laughs> right. Just like, well, what are you doing? You know, like, what's the point? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's like they, it would have been better if they had just left it out, if they just hadn't said anything. But then they had to drag it in here, and now, now, now you grumpied up my David. <laughs> And uh, that's just that's no that's no good. That's a thumbs down. It's also a thumbs down that they demolished it. I'm really sad. I would have gone and seen that. Yeah, it's a cool building. Looks like a Eiffel Tower with a giant power orb on the top or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> if you're gonna build an Eiffel Tower, at least like show some dominance with it. It also looks like a a tower that could be be in Power Rangers though at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Hey. Just like a villain's base in a Power Rangers <laughs> show. It was the 1900s. What do you want? <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. I, I, I think I've let out all my rage and ranting about this. So did you have any additional thoughts? <sighs> I, I, I appreciate uh, getting to talk about this with you because you have a lot of uh, like I think we should maybe watch this movie again in, in a couple of years together just because you have so much um, knowledge about the movie my actually one of my biggest complaints and also one of the things I liked the most about the movie was that there is no time to stop or think or even like I had to there was one part I was about, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the movie. And my wife, like, started talking to me about something. And I had to pause the movie. I, like, had to pause it. Because <laughs> right. I knew there was no way I was going to keep up with the story. It was, from the very first stuff, I just, like, I felt like I was behind. And I felt like I was trying to keep up with the whole movie. Because it was so fast-paced. And the information was coming so quick. in these little, like, snippets. Like, a. Oh, like a, I, that's I, a good point i didn't i didn't think about that as much because i i think i obviously understand the mm-hmm. the timeline a little bit more mm-hmm. so but i can see that it, it does move really fast so if you're not familiar with the pieces it feel like they were coming really quickly yeah and which as you say is good because it always feels like it's moving but also bad because you can't process <laughs> as much <laughs> right right and and so i i was i had to pay my full attention to the film which is uh, a lot of films demand my attention but like like visually or like i just i have to pay attention because i'm watching a movie that i've never seen before but this one it was like if i didn't watch it i would not be able to even <laughs> it like know what was going on in any way shape or form right. i just felt so out of the loop like the first uh i think like one of the first scenes is him uh, uh, uh edison cruising past Westinghouse on a train because they were supposed to have some kind of meeting and I like barely picked up on that I was like barely understanding right. like oh that was Edison he was supposed to meet with Westinghouse they were maybe going to be business partners but I guess not but then we're moving we're moving yeah. we're moving next thing next thing and it was it was I, I both found it impressive and really difficult to follow which I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad thing I thought it was fun I thought it was nice a nice change of pace from from a typical movie arc that's got this like they're talking and talking and talking in the very beginning. Sorry, just one quick note. Yeah. Interesting fact is they don't know if Westinghouse and Edison actually ever met in person. That's another historical fallacy per se is they show that meeting at the end of the world's fair. We actually don't know if Edison and Westinghouse ever met. Cause I don't think Edison actually went to the world's fair because huh. he was so bitter about not getting it. And we don't, I don't think that story about the train, him not coming on the train, is true either. Okay. Um, so, anyways, again, lots of things like that where <laughs> I get a little bugged because I'm like, was that? That's not really true. I don't think, you know. Anyways. Right, right. Continue on. And I always, I <laughs> Sorry. always, you're good, you're good. I always um, kind of give movies a lot of leeway just because I, I understand, at least I feel like I understand to some degree that the telling of a movie requires manipulation of historical facts in a way to make the movie not boring or lame or, you know, you want an interesting movie. And so sometimes you have to kind of stretch things and twist things and infer things (laughs) and lie about things. Um, But, uh, (laughs) but, 
but I, I can give movies a lot of that oftentimes i thought the cinematography was just incredible i thought it was really striking and very different from anything i had ever seen before which which made me happy that's what kind of what i expected after seeing the trailer honestly right but it was just so i don't know i don't even know how to describe it like it was just so fresh and new i don't even it doesn't even compare to anything that i can remember really right and you could appreciate that more I think because you weren't constantly analyzing the historical facts. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had no idea what was going on for the most part. Um, there was the bit about the guy who was put in the first man to be electrocuted in the electric chair. Was any of that true? Was that all true? Like that was pretty weird. That was actually one of the more historically correct parts of the movie. Okay. So he was, he did kill his wife with an ax and then turned himself in. Turned himself in because he was just like stinking drunk or something. Um, huh. So he was put on death row. Mm-hmm. And so the first, for some reason, he was determined to be the first person they were going to kill with an electric chair. Right. And they did actually botch it the first time. Okay. So they put too low of a voltage, voltage the first time so he didn't die. Yeah. And then they put too high of a voltage the second time they electrocuted him. And he just like fried like way beyond what he was supposed to. And so, yeah, they totally botched the voltages in the first electrocution. And so you'll hear, there's a famous quote, I think from some newspaper that said it was a death worse than hanging. Right. Or a sight worse than hanging, which is funny because it was supposed to be this, you know, more ethical way of killing people compared to, you know, traditional ways. But that first time it was actually really bad. (laughs) It did not go to plan. And, I understand the movie made that seem like it was kind of like, I do remember that this, this one stuck with me. This part stuck with me really well. They talked a lot about how that was like, like there was in the correspondences with Edison and whatnot, the letters that are uh, fudged somewhat that they they like, didn't know, like they were like trying to figure it out and they just didn't know how, what to do, like how much to use. Right. Like, did they just not know? Did they just not have any idea? Because obviously they'd electrocuted other things before. Again, I don't know exactly how much consultation Edison did. Mm -hmm. And again, I think the fudged part is more that it was him trying to stay secret. I think he was more open about the fact that he was helping with this. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, I mean, the hard thing is they had electrocuted other things like horses and stuff. Yeah. I mean, brain tissue is basically what you're killing, right? When you're in an electric chair and okay. um, stopping the heart and other things. And you just have to remember, like, this is the 1800s. <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah, okay. There wasn't a lot of sophisticated, way, sophisticated ways of calibrating things back then. So, but, like, that's true. Like, they just generally didn't know how okay. much to put in for a human. So Interesting. That's really interesting. That was pretty horrifying. Like, I was pretty like, what? Like, like they like they just mention it briefly at the end of the movie of like oh yeah by the way like they tried and, and they like electrocuted him like a bunch of times or something and I was just like what like it didn't work like oh that's that's not good like yeah <laughs> I was really sad for the the kind of crazy um, human rights advocate guy oh yeah that was pushing for the the chair he was like oh yes we are looking for an uh, uh, a humane way to kill people and 
this seems like a good way. And then it's like, oh, it went really bad. And I'm like, oh, that poor guy. <laughs> he got a lot of bad press. Well, and again, keep in mind that soon thereafter they did figure it out. So Right, right. There's nothing like getting it wrong the first time to help you fix it. Right. Well, and it is funny, just a historical perspective is like, back then it's like, oh, that was a humane way of killing people. But now it'd be like, electric chair? Like, that's a terrible way to kill someone. (laughs) How could you do that? Right, yeah. (laughs) But like, again, that's from our perspective, because we know things like lethal injection and other methods. So electric chair just sounds like a horrible way back then compared to what they could, what they would do. You know, it's like. Oh yeah, this is way better just to sit in a chair and die rather than be hung or shot or you know whatever it was. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 They're like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll just take care of it. Easy peasy. Moving along, I found the scene where Edison's wife dies and he's at the funeral, or shortly thereafter, um, and shortly thereafter actually. The way they filmed that really impressed itself upon my mind of just, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a really good way of portraying the, 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 the potential. I don't know any of this, you know, I don't, I've never experienced anything like that. And so I thought it was an incredible way of demonstrating and communicating the, just the, the distress and grief and the horrible thing that this was for Edison. Right. And just the way that it affected him. I don't know. I just remember uh, the, the scene that I remember most clearly is when, when he's walking through the funeral, uh, walking, walking through the house or whatever with all the people who are there to mourn and the camera's just on his face and it's like dead silent and he's just walking and it just like, it just kills me inside. It just, uh, it just like, it almost right. haunted me a little bit because it's like, oh, that's how it's going to be. Like, that's how it is. That's how it must be. It was, I I thought it was done really well. I Again, the cinematography I found just, just really interesting and engaging. That's true. That is a good point. Um, Maybe you can explain. I remember being really confused by the things that, Westinghouse and Edison said to each other at the at the World's Fair. Like apparently that. Okay, so now I learned from you that that probably didn't happen. But right, <laughs> wh- I can't remember what they said, and I just remember what what they said was really confusing, and I just felt so like what like was are we are we cool now? Like what's going on? Right. I think <laughs> again, Edison didn't go to the World's Fair, so that meaning right. We don't know if they ever met, but that meaning definitely didn't definitely happen didn't okay, at yeah. the World's Fair if it did happen. <laughs> right. Um, so that that's all made-up dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they were trying to show is, again, more of a historical piece here. Or, sorry, not a historical piece, but trying to kind of tie in some loose ends historically. Because mm-hmm. Edison eventually did kind of turn to other things and stopped focusing on electric electricity because he realized he was losing that battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what they were trying to say at the end, what that was supposed to represent really was we're no longer fighting. Maybe they don't necessarily agree with each other, but we're no longer fighting mm-hmm. and we have different ways we're going to go. Or I didn't uh, remember it very well either. Right. Okay. Cause 
I was like, I'm not quite sure what this is supposed to be representing. I'm pretty sure this didn't happen. Right. Yeah. I said I said that a lot during the movie. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I. Anyways. Maybe I feel lucky that I didn't know very much going into it because I just I just accepted the whole thing. I was like, yeah, that's probably how it happened. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. That's fine. Right. Anyway, so I think that was their tool for showing that there was a, a clear moment when they stopped being so competitive and they just kind of let things die off and Edison kind of went his separate ways. Right, right. Okay. Dang, I don't have very many like complaints about the movie this this far gone from it. It has been a little while since I watched it, so I should have watched it again. I should have watched it like three times <laughs> so that I'd have lots of things to say about it, but... um. Well, now you can watch it again, given the historical side. Well, maybe you shouldn't, because then you won't enjoy it as much. But I'll be sitting there, and David will be in the back of my mind, and he'll just say, nah, mm, no, nope, mm, not nah, didn't happen. <laughs> no, no way. You'll just, you'll just constantly say to everything, I don't, I'm not sure if that happened. <laughs> I'm not sure his wife really died. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure Westinghouse really was a person. Uh, I think yeah, they're just like, making this up. Seriously, like, <laughs> is Westinghouse even a company? Like, was the, did they did they even exist? You know, like, is the electricity even real? Like, come on, <laughs> like, come on, like, I don't think any of this is real. <laughs> this is one of those made up stories for Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> electricity is just a figment of your imagination. It's just a <laughs> Yes, and yes. Uh, I it wouldn't be crazy. I don't know. Electricity I'll tell you one thing. Electricity is one of those things that try as I might, I still cannot get my head around it. It's like magnetism. I'm still like <laughs> what's going on? Like I don't quite but that's a topic for another day. Um It's, it's it, kinda of funny that you mentioned electricity and magnetism because they're actually the same side of one force so that's another thing to just ponder on later (laughs) no wonder So they're actually just one thing that you really just don't understand (laughs) electromagnetism well and it's like i've had it explained to me in a lot of different ways but i just i just can't it does my head in because it's like it's magic like it's 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 two pieces of metal that somehow want to be friends or don't want to be friends and they just they like I just, uh, it just, it does my head in. So I'll work on that later and I'll, I'll, I'll ponder on that some more for the rest of my life probably. And hopefully understand it someday, <laughs> but it'll it's... be on your deathbed and you'll be like, <laughs> I finally get it. And then you'll keel over and <laughs> you know what? I think I might be okay with that <laughs> as long as I can understand it someday. I just, it's, it's like, it's like, I can. I can understand. Well, I can't. I actually. Gravity is another one of those things that does my head in a little bit. <laughs> like, we get a lot of stuff together and it just kind of it pulls other stuff. Like, what? I don't get it. But anyway. anyway. Sound, sounds like you need to take my physics class. <laughs> I would love to take your physics class. Do you have. You recorded it all, didn't you? You should send me those recordings. Yeah. I should take your physics class. Because <laughs> I, like, I understand that it is a force, but it's like, I don't understand. Like, why do. Why would it. Why does this happen? I don't understand any of it. <laughs> and it's crazy. It seems like crazy nonsense, except for that it's like observed every day. And so I have no question that it does exist. Uh, anyway, 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 anyway. Okay, I'll send you some videos. <laughs> please do. Please do. I, I, 
I have been wanting to 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 dive back into physics actually a little bit because physics is so fun. It's so interesting. All right, are we ready for overall ratings? If you had to give it one rating, or sorry, did you have any other feedback? Oh, oh no, there was one more part that I thought was really, really, really interesting. Um, it's when um, what's his face, Spider Man? What's his bucket? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Thank you, Tom Holland. As the assistant goes to that that same meeting where he's he's proposing the whole. He has the whole spiel about why they should use DC for the the World's Fair or whatever, and they're talking about like how AC is really dangerous, you know, and AC AC is killing things or whatever. They they they've been keeping up with the news, and and Tom Holland's like, oh yeah. Also, just to be clear, any current over like anything over this amount, any electric current over this amount is fatal like could can be fatal in either ac or dc and they were just kind of like what right and i like was he was he accidentally i felt like he was accidentally like throwing everyone under the bus throwing edison under the bus and being like (laughs) uh just to be clear dc will kill people too (laughs) right is that what happened i don't know what we know about the actual proposal process right i'm guessing that dialogue was for the movie. Right, right. And probably and probably just to make it clear as well that for people that don't know the details of electricity that yes, like it's not anything that's super wrong with AC, just like currents, <laughs> high voltage currents <laughs> will kill you. Right. And AC happens to be a higher voltage than DC generally is. Oh, okay. Man, see, you know, I just I need to go watch this movie again. Um but that no, yeah, that's it. That's all my follow up. I am ready to give it a rating. Okay. So if you had to give it an overall, what would you give it? Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I wanted you to go first. Oh, I can go first. I will go first. I heard you first before I said it, so I think I have to do it first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's how that's how it officially works. Got Whoever it. said it first, the other person has to do it. Got it. So if I had to give an overall rating, I think I'd go B minus. B minus. Okay. 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 Or, or should I do three and a half stars for you? Three and a half stars. I was wondering what scale we were going to use. As soon as, as soon as you were like, I would give it a, and I was like, what scale are we using? There's, I know like five different scales to rate movies on. Like, and then you, of course you said B minus. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause he's a teacher. Obviously. Like, obviously this is how he's going to think about it in grades. Uh just a side note after this um i did actually make that scale of emojis that we talked about so, oh you did uh, <laughs> you, how do you do so many things ah oh, that's amazing i'm so excited i'll show you that in a second i'll show you that in a second but uh, okay. what's okay. your grade on a teacher scale okay on a teacher's on a teacher's scale that's good i i think i think i'd give it a b plus I think I'd give it a B plus okay. for the, for the bare reasons that I, I feel like I don't remember enough from watching the whole movie. And also that it like the, the way that the information was conveyed was too much, but I enjoyed it, but I don't remember it. And that really irks me that that keeps it from getting an A, but I know that I enjoyed it a right. lot. And so I give it a B and a little bit of a plus because you gave it a minus. So we'll equal it out at a B. <laughs> Give it a solid B rating. Okay. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That that might also just be representative. Maybe maybe that just means we both gave it a B, but I'm just a pessimist and you're an optimist. And so 
<laughs> right, right. We really had the same rating in our minds, but somehow we ended up giving a different score. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, see, I remember liking it, and you remember all the historical inaccuracies. So it's like, it's a B, <laughs> but you're a minus and I'm a plus. So you guys, I see, I see, I got it. It's a B. Okay, okay. If, if my favorite scale to rate movies on is the thumb scale, where it's either a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and I would give it a thumbs up personally. Of like, yeah, I think it's a good movie to watch. Like, I thought it, I thought it was worth watching, and it was worth other people watching. Like, thumbs up. Right. I I think so. This is a hard one for me. If you're doing that scale, uh huh. I'd say a general audience thumbs up. Okay. Because at least you're gonna have more information. It's a good movie, first of all, and you'll have more information about this scenario than you probably would have had otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if, like, you're a student in my class and I want you to learn about current wars, <laughs> then this is a thumbs down. <laughs> d- don't use it as reference material, I guess, is the thing I would say. So okay. as long as you're not using it in that regard, then thumbs up. If you're using it to enjoy a movie and learn about a time period, then go on ahead. It's great. I think, it's... That's, I think it's a good movie. Okay, okay. Definitely like thumbs that. down if you want to learn more about Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not oh, a yeah. good indicator of learning about tesla that's that's a a straight f for me on learning about tesla i learned basically nothing other than that i got (laughs) to see him being kind of crazy which i don't know if that's how he was crazy but i got to see a kind of a crazy guy so right f failed (laughs) that fail fail strong fail okay listeners so i just showed aaron the scale and it's in the show notes for last episode, and I'll make sure to put in the show notes for this episode. <laughs> the scale that I made of emojis that we talked about. Uh-huh. And so I'm hearing for the first time what Aaron thinks of this scale and what he approves and disapproves of my ordering. So what are your thoughts, my friend? <sighs> tisk tisk. It's 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 good, but it's it's not it's not by any means perfect do not do not think this um um <laughs> so of course of course the best we have the sledgehammer which which the the mighty, the mighty sledgehammer the mighty sorry the <laughs> mighty sledgehammer which the emoji you've chosen i like it a lot i don't know if i love it but i like it a lot um i appreciate that it's golden mhm but there was no sledgehammer emoji. It had to, it was just a hammer. So what? I was really disappointed. It was there wasn't a golden sledgehammer because then that would be perfect. Right, right. Because well, a, a sledgehammer like is just like a big piece of metal on the end of a stick. Like a hammer like has form <laughs> and shape and 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 uses beyond bashing things. But a sledgehammer is just a big metal on an end of a big stick, and. Right. That makes me really sad that they don't have a sledgehammer emoji just kicking around. Ugh. Okay, but here's my biggest gripe, okay? I'm going to count. Okay, okay. number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. A glass of water is eight <laughs> down on your list. That gets, I, I was just... wondering what you would think about that. <laughs> I, I, that should be second at least second it's it's almost in my mind it's almost a strong contender for first like i have the affinity for water and and you put it eighth okay okay so unacceptable unacceptable um 
Can we, well, let me let me do this first. Okay. Before I justify that, because I think oh. this will help justify a little bit. Oh, you're gonna try and justify this to me. Excellent, excellent. Let me let's just list off for the listeners in case they can't see this what the emojis are. Oh, okay. So the first one is the mighty sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. The second one is party parrot. Party you have not parrot. Seen the, the party parrot emoji. Look up cult of the party parrot. It's a wonderful website. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. This is I didn't know it had a name and like a cult. And oh, this is good. Okay. For programmers that use Slack, the party parrot is a very common emoji that everyone uses. Oh man. Oh, people look that up. That's really interesting. Okay. Next one. <laughs> also, my my phone's being a little weird, but I think the third one is ice cream. Yep. The fourth one is a panda. The the fourth one I've got on my screen is the 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 rebels. Okay, that's what's not showing up. Yeah, the sorry. Star Wars rebels. So the fourth one is the Star Wars rebels symbol. Okay, okay. The fifth one is a panda. Mm-hmm. Six one's a top hat. Seven's a campfire. Mm-hmm. Eight is water. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Nine is just like a a duck, a dumb duck. A dumb <laughs> duck. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ten is like a filing cabinet. 11 is a meatloaf. Is that what that is? <laughs> I was trying to figure out what that was. <laughs> it's a meatloaf. Okay. 12 is just the frowny face emoji. Mm-hmm. 13 is a skunk. Mm-hmm. 14 is vomiting. Mm-hmm. And then 15 is the, the poo emoji, which we'll explain in a second. Okay. So <laughs> here is my original thought and the okay. reason I set up in this order. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Obviously, trying to rank every item in the world <laughs> is a difficult task. <laughs> I don't understand how it could be difficult, but do continue. <laughs> okay. So, when I put the cup of water in the middle, mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of like, if you remember, like, pH scales back in, in junior high or chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Water is, like, neutral. Yeah. And then you have things that are more acidic and things that are more basic. Mm-hmm. Right? My justification, if you think of like ranking a product, right, on Amazon, mm-hmm. my justification is like if it's in the middle, it's a product that you may or may not necessarily like, but it's something that is like needed mm-hmm. or like you don't have a lot of things to compliment it on or a lot of things to complain about it, you know? So. Okay. I know you. I know you like water. But like... Most people probably don't have a strong opinion about water. It's just like one of those things you just need to drink, you know. Which is the you don't really wrong have a preference opinion. or dislike for it, you know. I, I, so, okay. So that was my justification, but I can see that clearly you, you may not agree with that uh, reasoning. I I. <laughs> my nose is so far in the air right now <laughs> about how much I disagree with that, but it's okay. It's okay. I can understand. I can, I can understand. I cannot empathize with people who just think, Oh, it's just water. It's just, uh, it's just, it's <sighs> water. It's life giving water. Exactly. Yeah. It is the thing that is the single most necessary thing for your human <laughs> life and you squander it by mixing it with all sorts of delicious chemicals and <laughs> curios and no just drink 
just drink the water. It's delicious. <sighs> okay. So other than that disagreement, mm-hmm. other thoughts? Um, I take the top hat. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Panda Top Hat in that order is correct. I think that's good. I like Dumb Duck. That's a good... I, I like that as a name. <laughs> as well as Party Parrot. I didn't know they had names. In my head, it was Dancing Bird, but now that it's Party Parrot, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that as a second or third. Probably third underwater, because water should be second um, underneath the Mighty Sledgehammer. Uh, No, you know what? You know what? Water transcends this list. That's how I feel about water, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) It shouldn't be on the list. It shouldn't be on the list. It's it's too good to be on the list. You know what? I just I almost asked you why meatloaf was so far down, but I think I understand why meatloaf is so far down. I think it belongs there. Um <laughs> because meatloaf it's like it's uh, it's like delicious, like you like meatloaf, but I think meatloaf is kind of disgusting. Right. In the way that it is a loaf of meat that you've made, like it's kind of gross <laughs> and like it kind of like the texture is kind of weird and right. Like, I like it, but it's not it's 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 better than a frowny face, but it's not. I don't know. I think it should go above <laughs> Dumb Duck, but the du- that's fair. I think if we swap Dumb Duck and Meatloaf, okay. mm, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I could get on board with that. The uh, the rebels um, symbol. I uh, I don't I don't know how I feel about that on this list. <laughs> the rebel scum. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's supposed to represent more of like for me that's a fandom or Lord okay. of the Rings, you know. Okay. So it's kind of supposed to represent your given fandom, but obviously not everyone agrees that Star Wars is their fandom. You know? Right, right. Or that the Rebels are their fandom, but you know. <laughs> you could you could argue that maybe you could replace it with your favorite fandom. Okay. Logo in there. You should put like a like a bracket fandom symbol close bracket. Right, like right. just kind of whatever. What I, I like that. I dig that. I did. You know what? Yeah, I dig that. Okay, I can dig that. Ice cream as third. Is it better than pandas? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. See, I knew this is exactly what you were gonna do. You were gonna sit there and <laughs> analyze every single pair until you sorted this list, <laughs> which we do not have time to do, do on this podcast. To do. I think. I think your list is very very i give it a b i give it a b plus (laughs) i think this is gonna be a solid b plus podcast um (laughs) so you're you're saying you'd give it about a ice cream level on yes thank you the scale itself is about an ice cream level yeah yeah about ice cream like like yeah like congratulations like you've you've earned yourself an ice cream like ice cream level yeah yeah i dig it i dig it it's it's surpassed yes yeah 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 i dig it i dig it i like it that's all i have to say about it although i do have to have this pulled up every time we do the podcast now (laughs) it is uh, it's becoming the official ranking system as we speak of the (laughs) desw podcast i think i like it too hopefully this will maybe even give it a better impression on your mind is it now not only gives you kind of like different rankings, mm-hmm. but it also gives you more expression because like a, a sledgehammer, the mighty sledgehammer is like, this thing is all powerful and nothing will ever beat it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
represents power, whereas party parrot represents more of like this is awesome, this is right something to be enjoyed, and you know, and let let's party, you know, like I want to do this again sometime type thing, right? Whereas ice cream's like this is a pleasurable thing to enjoy, but you know, it's not like you want it every single moment of every day, right? Like, right. It'll make you fat. Like, right. It's just, it's dangerous. It's, it's deadly dangerous in some ways. Right. So like, it's something to be enjoyed and pleasurable, but it's mm-hmm. also something mm-hmm. that needs to be a little bit sparing. So like, you could think about that in terms of movies. Like, sometimes a movie's an ice cream. Like, you enjoy it, but you only want to watch it every so often, not mm. all the time. Right, you know? right. You should you should watch it once every few years if it's a really good movie, so that you don't ruin it like children do, ruin movies. That is, right. Or like the top hat, like not something that brings you immense amount of pleasure, but you just put it on. And you're like, oh, like that's a nice top hat. You know, that's <laughs> that's kind of nice. It's quality. Know, it's it's, nice. Yeah, it's it shows class and distinction. And... It's pleasant. It's pleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you discussed meatloaf and dumb duck. Dumb duck's kind of like the why is this here? Right. You know, like why is this really here? Like, like is it's this really needed. <laughs> it's entertaining, maybe, but it's just dumb duck. Like, come on. <laughs> And then the last one that I just felt like needs to be justified and explained is the poo emoji. Right. Because I always thought the poo emoji was weird, that it was smiling. Okay. Like, and obviously there's a whole set of social media and culture that we can't dive into around it. Uh, right. But in yeah. my mind, it kind of represents the, like, it's so bad, it's good mentality. Yes. Like, have you ever seen the old Street Fighter movie? Uh, no, I have not. Do you know the old Street Fighter game? I know of the Street Fighter games, yes. Person versus person fighter games, right? Yeah, where you jump around. Yeah. yeah. Hidoken. Yeah. Anyways, super big during the 80s and 90s. And they made a movie in the 90s about Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. And it is so bad. Really? (laughs) Like, the acting is terrible. The dialogue is so cheesy. Okay. But it's one of those movies I enjoy watching. (laughs) Okay, because yeah. like you 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 watch it and you know it's going to be so bad that you just kind of enjoy the comedic effect of it being so terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I think there's like a, a set of movies and products that fit in that category of like go into this knowing it's the worst thing ever and you'll actually <laughs> love it. <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay. No, I I agree. This is um uh, something commonly known to many tims as the maryland point it's it's the maryland point but on uh, for for w of like it's so bad it's good i love it <laughs> on the hello internet podcast yeah yes yes exactly <laughs> i can Quite. see that um i yeah no i agree i agree and that's why it's smiling that's why the the poops is smiling <laughs> i like it but you see that's something that's something that at a, a regular scale of five stars is never going to show properly because street fighter probably has you know, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes and one star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in the actual rating. But for someone that actually knows that culture would actually know that secretly that's an amazing movie to watch because it's super funny because <laughs> you know it's so bad, you know. Right, right. But you'll never be able to explain that with just stars. Exactly. So that's where this scale shines. I agree 100%. I never considered it. I never considered it until I was looking at this list. But it does give you a lot of flexibility in in truly expressing exactly how you feel. Because a, a cold, heartless number doesn't tell you 
all that all that the panda bear tells you you know it's just <laughs> right I, I love it i love it it's perfect I, I will pull this up every time we do the podcast and try to memorize it maybe okay and i mean i'm open to modification but i also say that knowing that if i allow you to try and modify it you might spend hours <laughs> truly looking within yourself on what oh, it means yeah. to you oh oh yeah this will no i will think about this and and I will mutter about it at work. That's the thing I do when I have something on my mind is I <laughs> mutter about it. I will just mutter about it all day for many weeks. And and for now, maybe the only modification we really need to do is just remove water I think from we, that. I think we remove water. Maybe dumb duck is a good middle part mm-hmm. of the why is this here <laughs> ground of the rating scale. That's fair. That's fair. I think we can find I think we can find another water though. Another water. I think is necessary because I, I, I agree with your sentiment about water, but I just, I just, I can't have water be the eighth thing on my list. Cause I, there's too, there's too much passion in there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Everything else I feel pretty dispassionate about. Uh, maybe, maybe not meatloaf meatloaf, ah, man, that meatloaf emoji is really like, that's a gross meatloaf emoji, but like right. it does the job. It does the job exactly how I wanted it to. I like it. Good job, David. I'm I'm so proud of you. Thank you for doing this. I this like I can't believe you did it. I was uh, just yeah. I'm in, I'm eternally grateful for this. <laughs> I I can just see I just can see you now at your at the cabinet shop just like whispering under your breath. Okay, party parrot, then ice cream, then fandom <laughs> or then panda <laughs> right right right. <laughs> do i i uh the fan the fandom one i uh, that's another one that i have a hard time with i like it's weird having it on the scale because it's like but a fandom a fandom is something compl- it's like kind of like water where it starts to transcend the the scale itself right. or i'm like but the fandom is i rank it as a sledgehammer like this is a sledgehammer kind of thing right but again kind of my reasoning was like this is you kind of get loyalty to certain products. Okay. So maybe when you put the fandom, it's like, I wouldn't buy anything else but this. Okay. It may not be your favorite thing in the world of that, you know, like maybe it's, you know, the type of car wash cleaner that you mm-hmm. buy or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is my favorite one and I won't never buy anything else, but that doesn't mean you love car wash cleaner. Right. You know, okay. It's just like, this is my... This is my car wash cleaner of choice. This is my fandom of this product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that was my reasoning. But I know that I with that with that reasoning in mind, I accept it wholly. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, there is some weird stuff with fandom nonsense where it's like kind of like like why am I tied to these people in some cases where you're like, why are you <laughs> right. doing that? Like I just like the movie. I don't. I'm not weird about it. Like, ew. but um, right. yeah, yeah. But it's still a good thing. Like you're still happy to be part of it. It's still a group that you can share your feelings with and and enjoy stuff with. So I like it. I like it. Right. Anyway, so take some time, ponder on that. <laughs> and if you feel like we need to make a modification, let me know. Okay. Maybe we can discuss that more. We can discuss that more. <laughs> he says, "I I can't. Yeah, you can't ever relinquish the full control of the list to me. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. That's, that'll that'll end poorly for both of us. But." I can see us just forming a, a separate show, a separate <laughs> podcast that's just us discussing 
the ordering of the we scale. Could, we could do that. We could do that as part of this show, Dave. We could. I love so much the idea of debating positions of things on a scale of nonsense. This sounds like the joyous thing of my life. Ah. <laughs> Uh, I, I was I was trying to suggest that as a completely ridiculous idea, but yeah, I now no, no. <laughs> the error I just made. <laughs> it is grave. Um, yes, this sounds like a fabulous idea. I don't know why you would suggest that as silliness. Um, I am all for it. That's a great idea, David. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> the things I have to be careful that I say on this podcast. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> this is yes, yes. You'll never know. I'm, I'm again. I, I'm like water. You know, you never know what I'm gonna do, <laughs> except for when you do know what I'm gonna do. Well, I'm looking forward to your future thoughts. But, uh, <laughs> for sake sake of time, we're running low on time. Indeed, Indeed. I want to throw one more idea at you. Okay. Okay, and something that's been on my mind for actually like over a year now. Ooh. Okay. Fortunately, when you teach. You repeat your life essentially every year. You teach the same things on a cycle. It's about to get Groundhog Day all up in this podcast. (laughs) Well, it's just ironic because the thing I was thinking about last year Mm -hmm. has now come back up in the schedule (laughs) of Uh teaching. Uh So it actually works out perfectly. So perfect. I'm excellent. I want to talk to you about something that is something that I find really interesting about teaching and learning that I have a really hard time teaching students, especially junior high and high school students. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with the term metacognition? Mm, mm, mm. I feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to guess what it means, but not smart enough to know what it actually means. (laughs) So in layman's terms, it's just like thinking about the way you think is how I describe it. Oh, like, okay understanding how you think about a thing right right it's the it's it's meta like because it's some meta yeah okay yeah i think i get it I, the, the, the level above your cognition right right your how analyzing. does your cognition work right the cognitive okay yeah okay okay I'm, I'm on board for this okay so so like for example like well actually we just did it with the scales that's a perfect example like mm-hmm. i thought water should be in the middle because of such and such and such. And you thought water should be near the top because of such and such and such, right? We have our separate opinions, but we have an understanding of why we rate things highly and why we hold certain opinions. Okay, yeah. And I and I didn't realize until teaching last year when I taught a computer science class to some ninth graders mm-hmm. that students, younger students especially, can be really bad at understanding, first of all, why they hold certain opinions. But secondly, just understanding how they think in general, why they think about certain things or why they hold those opinions or how they solve certain problems. Huh, really? So the example I give is what I call the elevator problem. Okay. So I sent you a video. Yeah. And I'll put this in the show notes. I want you to watch kind of the first minute and a half of that really quickly right now. Okay. And it'll, it'll tell you to stop the video. And when it says stop the video, stop that and we'll stop come back video. on. Got it. Okay. Let me, let me just summarize for people that can't watch the video right now. The question is, if you have a whole, people, whole bunch of people lining up to go on an elevator, and there's only one elevator, and they all have to go to different floors, 
what's the best way to gather those people together so the elevator travels the least number of floors? Okay, so in the hypothetical example, they can only go three at a time. Okay, so Aaron, if you were solving this problem, uh-huh. what steps would you take to try and get the number of floors traveled as small as possible? So um, the the number so the the metric is number of floors traveled, just how like how many it passes. Yes. Okay. That's so if like if someone goes up to floor twenty and then someone goes up to floor twenty five, mm-hmm. that's not any extra floors. It's just twenty five floors total, right? It doesn't. It didn't matter that I had to stop at floor twenty. If it goes up to floor twenty five oh. and then comes back down, that's that's only fifty floors. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so dropping people off along the way doesn't count against you. Doesn't. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that does change my thoughts on this. Maybe a tiny bit. Well, obviously, you want to go as f- the, to the top as f- few number of times as possible, because that's how you're going to okay. cover the most the the most number of floors. Uh, so the fewer number of times you can do that, the better. So it would be best. Well, my first thought is that you should group them into groups of descending order, starting at the largest number, so that you can get the mm, the highest numbers out of the way first. Because the elevator can only take three people, so you start with the highest floor, and you do everyone on the way to the highest, everyone at the highest level first, and work your way down. That makes sense to me. Okay, I'd want to try it out a bunch of times, but that's that's my that's my first thought in in how I would want to group them. So rather than actually focusing on the solution, oh, okay. Obviously, the solution itself is interesting, but just yeah, <laughs> notice what you just did there, right? Uh huh. This is the metacognition part that I was talking about. Okay. You're able to talk through that you, you want to get people up out of the top floors as soon as possible. Yeah. And you want to group them in certain ways, right? Yeah. Even the fact that you're talking about that, even though it is slightly off, but we'll get to that. What? <laughs> but the fact, <laughs> that, the fact that you can get to that point mm-hmm. is showing that you can think about your own thinking of how you're solving the problem. Okay. The thing that is so surprising to me is when I talk to students about this and some, and I keep saying students, but really there's a lot of people I talk to about this and it surprises me that they can't do something like this. Hmm. The metacognition part. Um, Right. But when I talk to students, it's so hard for them to describe why they're doing the things they're doing. And that's the part that shocks me. So the other link I sent you and that I'll put in the show notes is a little simulation. Mm Mm-hmm where you can actually click on the people and send them up the elevator and down. Okay, yeah. And so you can, like, try and get a number. Yeah. And, like, when I've talked to students that are going through that, they'll just, like, click on random people, and they'll just, like, group random people. I'm like, why did you group them that way? You know, And they they can't explain it, you know? Huh, okay, yeah. So it's just so fascinating to me that it's – it's difficult for people to explain their own reasoning for their own thoughts. Hmm. Okay. And that's what I want to discuss. Okay. So to answer your question, you were really close. You actually want to flip it. So the smallest numbers go first because the trip that goes on the last group only has to go up. Oh, so you want the, the highest floors to be last. Got it. Because they only have to do an upwards trip and not a downwards. So that's kind of the little secret that you have to keep in mind. Ooh, you can watch that full video later if you want. 
Yes, I do want. And yes, that is my own video. I kind of have had this dream to start a YouTube channel for a long time doing mm-hmm. videos like that. There's only one video on that channel right now. It's that one. Oh, okay. But maybe later I'll get I'll get more videos on there. But I've always thought exp- explaining problems would be a fun YouTube channel. I am going to go subscribe right now so that I get <laughs> so that I get more information about this stuff because this is good times. This, this is the a problem I want to bring to you: the, the metacognition. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get people to explain why they think about things the way they do, especially especially with like opinions? Like when someone says, well, that thing's awful or that, that thing's amazing. Sometimes I find it really hard for people to just explain their their feelings about it and like why they like something or, you know, like they're just like, well, just because it's amazing. Like, can't you see, you know, like it's the most amazing thing ever. Right, right. So I'm just always surprised that people don't have that ability. So like, is there a way that we can solve this problem? Like, how do you teach someone that? Because if you could let me know, that'd be great. Because I need to <laughs> teach it next week. So <laughs> well, you need to teach it next week. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let me. I'll get cracking on this. Whew. This is quite the problem. Hey, could I be a guest speaker in your class? Ooh, that'd be fun. Ooh, let's do. That would be fun. Ooh, that would be. Fun. Yes, please. Especially if you know how to do this, because that'd be really helpful. I probably don't know how to do it, but I can start thinking of ways to do it. Um, let me think. I don't know. This it it weirds me out that other people can't do that cuz that's that's literally all I do all day <laughs> is think about things and think about why I think those things and continue to think that way. Well, I was just going to say I think part of the reason why it's easier for us is we both have more technical jobs. Like okay. When you're building a cabinet, you have to be very specific about the design and the layout and what you're going to do next and the planning and Mhm. You know, and obviously with programming, that's basically your job <laughs> is to right, yeah. think about problems on a high level. So obviously in our context, it makes more sense. But I am still surprised that this is a skill that even other disciplines don't have. Because it seems like you should, at some level, be able to do that. Right. It it, it feels very natural to me to just kind of know those things and to just kind of do that. Like... I okay. I'm having a really hard time getting started because I have so many thoughts bumping around. Um, <laughs> and that's good. That's and good. so much like loose information. That's like I, I feel like I feel like what we've done is we've taken and we've just like scattered a bunch of papers all around the room. And I'm like, okay, there's answers here. <laughs> like I'm going to find them, and so I start poking through them. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that like we both have very technical. Like we do technical jobs and I, I've dabbled in, in computer science and computer programming and it very much is designing a system to deal with different things and, and un- understanding how a computer thinks and how to teach a computer how to think. Right. And then on top of that, like you're a teacher, you're trying to teach people how to think about stuff. Like your whole job is to is to almost to teach metacognition. Like <laughs> like if they could get some way of understanding their own thoughts and to, to think about the way things work, then they'd get it, you know? Um, right. Well, computer science is like 95% abstraction, mm-hmm. you know, going one level up from the current example to a, you know, a general example, you know, right. It's, you're constantly abstracting away information to a higher description of the problem. Right. Right. It's so, okay. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. One one thing that I personally 
have been have been thinking a lot about and trying to work on a lot is understanding other people um in the current political climate and the current world climate it's very interesting to see such tribalistic lines drawn um, between all parties and right. to have such seemingly seemingly what what you would think is a more complicated situation be simplified down into into a case for a certain side or a certain party and i have a really hard time with that because it's uh, the 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 example that's always used is driving like you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off and your first thought is oh they're a jerk you know they're just a just a mean old jerk you know they they come cruising past or they flash their brights at you or they flip you off or something and oh they're just they're just a mean old person you know they're just being a jerk or they're just being dumb or whatever right but that is the reactionary level and then there is a further level of stepping back on every single problem and trying to understand what actually is going on I'm talking about it in such general terms because I don't have specific examples in my head, but it's it's that method of, of stepping back, again, metacognition, stepping back and looking at the way you think yourself. I do that a lot where I step back and I say, well, why did this happen? Why why is this person acting like this? Why is this person acting like a selfish jerk? Or why were they mean? Or, right. or why would they say that? Why would somebody say that? Why would somebody do that? You start looking back at their their experience and their background and try to gather more information right of their life to try and answer those questions right right it's kind of like um perfect example it's kind of like edison <laughs> where like at first he's a hero and then you find out a little bit more and like and then he's a villain and then you find out a little bit more and then you're like oh maybe he was just a guy who got kind of bitter near the end, you know, maybe he got kind of bitter about stuff or maybe he got really frustrated and desperate. Right. To try and, to try and fix other things. You know, it's, it's this process of not just accepting things for the reactionary level that you first experienced them on, but also stepping back and saying, why did they do that? Why, why would, why would somebody, why would somebody do these kinds of things? And, and, I feel like personally it's been helping me like thinking this way helps me tap into a lot of sympathy and a lot of stepping in other people's shoes. And I feel like child me and probably younger, younger, not younger people, but just like it's a hard thing to do and it takes me a lot of time and a lot of work. You have to be intentional about it. Right, right. You have to. It's kind of my next point that I wanted to bring up, which is mm-hmm. something I find closely connected to metacognition. Okay, is intentionalism. At least I don't know if that's a word, but that's what I call it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm also surprised that I generally find that those people that also have a hard time of explaining, you know, why they're doing something, mm-hmm. also go with the flow a lot more. Okay. Like, they're they're generally more I don't know how to say this. I don't want to say that they're just like followers because that's kind of a derogatory term. Yeah. But but I'm I'm just often surprised that they're <laughs> for someone like me who has a clear directive of everything I want to accomplish <laughs> in the next few months, in the next year, and then this is what I wanna do and this is where I wanna go, right? I've I've always had very clear goals and intent of how I live my life and what I do every day and what I want to achieve. I often find that people that struggle with metacognition 
do not have that same intentional behavior of this is the next thing I want to do. Right. This is the next steps I want to take. Students-wise, it's there's students that are often more like, oh, I, I'll take that class or I'll take that class. Sure, I'll I'll do that or you know I'll I'll go try that out or whatever maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just and they're whatever. not usually they're not usually the ones that are like I want to do art or I want to do English or I want to do math. You know. Yeah. They're much more open and exploratory, mm-hmm. which again kind of contradicts my <laughs> my general behavior. Yeah, <laughs> which is oh, also yeah. probably why it's harder for me to understand them. But I I also th- find that just interesting that metacognition and kind of goal-driven attentionalism are often connected, at least in my experience. Okay. That's interesting. I want to say I agree. Like, just because that sounds also like, also like my thoughts as my thoughts are coalescing on this matter. Obviously you've thought about this a lot. And so, and so it's really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to also grab my thoughts and wrangle them up really fast. But Intentional is a word that does come back to me in this context of, I don't know, it's, it makes it easier to see what you're doing and why you're doing it if you're doing something intentionally. Right. Like, oh, I am eating this ice cream. It's like, why are you eating this ice cream? Uh, because uh, it was, uh, there's ice cream. Like, I, no, I am <laughs> eating this ice cream because I went to the store and I bought myself a pint because I wanted some Ben and Jerry's. Like, I just, I just needed it. Because I love the flavor of Ben and Jerry's, and I keep coming back to them because this flavor is one that I haven't experienced anywhere else. Like, whoa, that was a lot of information. But are we like meta metacognitioning right now? Like, this is hurting my brain <laughs> a little bit. Um, we we just abstracted another level up. <sighs> I think we did. <laughs> I think I think we're over level nine thousand right now. But <laughs> well, but it has to be. It has to be connected to intentionalism in some way. Because, like you say, like if you're just free-floating, like if you just don't care what happens, of course you're not going to be analyzing. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of my analysis comes from my efforts to develop systems and change behaviors, develop systems to help me change behaviors. Right. Because there's things that I do. For for a good example, there's there's... There's something that happens that annoys me. And so I have to step back and say, well, why does this keep happening? How, do, how, how can we keep messing this up? Right. It happens every job and there has to be a way to fix it. And the only way to fix it is to analyze what's going on and then to attack, right. attack the obvious things that are causing that problem. Right. And if you don't do that... Ugh. I think you need to be a guest speaker for my class, Aaron, because I think this is kind of the whole point I want to make is because, again, it's a computer science class. So, you know, a lot of these students aren't going to be computer scientists. So it's like, why do we need to worry about developing algorithms or all this stuff? And it's like, it's not the algorithms that matters. Right. It's the it's the metacognition level of understanding how to develop systems, like you said, to make things better. I just thought about it, but like when I use... When I think of systems for changing behavior, I think of like how I make my own priority lists. Talk about metacognition combined with intentionalism, right? <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the ways I'm intentional about my life is the way I make my to-do lists every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we, we need to ponder on this more and come back to it next time. But I just think, because, I mean, obviously, I'm going to have 
gripes with someone that <laughs> is free flowing when I'm this goal driven, <laughs> passionate person, right? Right. And logical. Don't forget logical. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything needs logic with it. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I still think, even if you're not a crazy workaholic like me, mm-hmm. that these are still things you have to develop to be successful in life and really to be happy in life. I think if you never learn how and why you do things and learn the skill of doing things that will make you better and that lead to goals and being intentional about what you do each day, Mm -hmm. then you will not go down a path that will be good for you. I think that's true no matter what, even if you're not the same crazy, you know, technical, logical robot that I am. Mm -hmm. If you don't have some level of that, I think you're going to not be generally happy with how things turn out. Hmm. Because you'll never be able to, you know, like you said, even just simple relationships with people. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't understand where things are going wrong and what intentional actions you need to take to fix that, if you can't think on a metacognition level and associate that with actions that need to be taken, then you'll never, you know, be able to develop strong relationships and do a whole bunch of other things that make life pleasant, you know? Right, right. Well, and I think it, in, I think it inhibits your ability to have, to have sympathy for others, which I, I just, I find, I don't know, I, I've been finding that to be a very important thing to to have and to understand is that, I don't know, if you're not thinking about how you think about things and if you're not thinking about how other people think about things, then you're just kind of assuming things. And those assumptions are probably never right. Right. And they're never, they're they're not, I assume they're not often positive, especially when it's an opposing point of view. It's, oh man, it's like, it's, it's just like how you explained to me how, why you thought about water, why you placed water the way you did. (laughs) And we can, understanding why we did that. And the, what the reason why we have these two differing opinions helps us come to an understanding of one another. Right. Which we wouldn't have come to it if I had been like, just take it off the list. And you'd been like, well, but it belongs in the middle. <laughs> it is the great equalizer. And I'd be like, it is above all. Like, get it out of here. <laughs> um. <laughs> we just get a full-blown yelling contest on the podcast. <laughs> You're an idiot. What are you thinking? Oh, man. That would be... I. You know what? I have... I have long dreamt about getting in a proper shouting <laughs> match, you know, but I just, I never do because I just, I, I get a, I don't surround myself with people to shout at because <laughs> why would I shout at you? And, and be like, I, I also don't want to shout that much, but it sounds like so much fun to get in a, ro- a proper good word fight. You know, you would like, you'd like yell at them and then you'd start giggling, you know, and you'd be so happy. <laughs> And they'd be like, what, what, what? And I'd be like, no, no, keep going. I'm, I'm having fun. Don't worry. <laughs> and then I might get punched. I don't want to get in a physical fight. Just a words fight. That's kind of funny because I want to get in a physical fight, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, then... I, I, I do karate, so I've always wanted to like secretly get in a real fight. Just to, oh, know, man. Yeah. See how good I really am. Because you never know if you're actually as good as you think you are in karate. Right, right, right. Until you're... Until you're in the street, you know. So yeah, until until you're either whooping or getting. <laughs> so whipped. you can get you can get in a verbal fight with somebody, and then I'll switch you 
for the physical fight once it starts. Yes, yes. Oh, that sounds... Tag team. Oh, yeah. we'd be the unstoppable duo. <laughs> that sounds great. Oh, and I'd just be laughing the whole time. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Although, I will be honest. I have thought many times very deeply about considering trying to get into some sort of debate something or other to be like a debate team or a debate club yeah yeah to get some debate in because a true intellectual debate is always always interesting uh see like i don't know i i can't do that it it drives me crazy because <laughs> maybe this is a sign that i don't have enough uh <laughs> sympathy and metacognition but i'm always yeah just analyzing the counter arguments and going that's the dumbest counter argument <laughs> <laughs> That that's just not true. You're <laughs> you're just being ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I guess uh, to be fair though, I'm also I guess I'm not thinking of like formal academic debates. Those are much more civil and much more right. I'm thinking more like dumb politics. Yeah. No, that's not the same. Not the. I wish it was the same. I still do wish it was the same, but it is at present not the same. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm thinking purely like these these academic debates of just like a formal academic debate yes all right i if you ever do that let me know okay i'll i'll give it a shot with you i'll i'll be your your right hand man on that just in case the physical fight breaks out wait oh oh, oh. are you there oh i'm here yep we're good sorry I, you dropped out again aha uh-huh. well <clears throat> one of, yeah i was, I, I, was out. I, I was gonna say you dropped out but then, like, uh, I guess one of us, both of us, could have dropped out. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I was gonna say, let's let's practice our uh, our sympathy here because I said on my screen that you dropped. Or but... we could practice our word debates and our f- shouting match. <laughs> you know what? You dropped off of my screen. I was there the whole time, David. Where were you? Just off and gallivanting about in the digital realms. You want to fight? <laughs> you want to fight? <laughs> I'll give you a fight. <laughs> oh man, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to get in a real good word fight with you. <laughs> I think. I think. I think I'd be too too scared. I'd be scared of you whooping me. <laughs> I think. I think that's how it is. I think that's how it'd be. I'm glad we're friends and not not arch nemesis or anything. Arch enemies. Is that what does that word even mean? So arch is associated with like like the supreme or most oh okay the arch angel michael oh the bible or okay i guess it's archangel anyways arc arch arch, that means like most or highest so your arch enemy is your your most enemy if you will got it i'm glad we're not arch enemies because (laughs) i would probably lose just for the record i was just saying though that um before we cut out that Mm -hmm. if you if you do join a debate club or something, let me know and I'll join you. Just so, in case the fight breaks out, I can be there ready to knock in some heads. You know? Oh man, you're like my <laughs> undercover bodyguard. Yes, okay. Oh man, I try to start a fight just for that, just to get just to see you in action, man. That would be fun. Oh, I'd be like, what, what, what? You want to fight? You go into a meeting, you just start throwing bricks at people. <laughs> Just to get him like <laughs> super angry. <laughs> you want to fight? Let's go. Let's duke it out. And then like David, suddenly David. 
Oh, yeah. Jump over the podium into the center of the <laughs> arena. <laughs> Strike down a thousand foes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then they then we'd win the debate because the foes would be stricken down. Yes. And then we'd be, never be invited back. <laughs> yes. We, they'd give us the and medal. probably arrested. But... And probably arrested. We can... That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we'll deal with that after the fight. The fight's the most important part. That's the part that I care about. <laughs> Wait, so what are we talking about? Metacognition, intentionalism, right? Okay, yeah, okay, I'm back. Um, I don't have anything more to say. I feel like my words are so jumbled and just so I'm so long-winded because I've never considered having to talk about this before because I've never thought about it before. Right. I've like never considered that other people don't have this ability to just be like, why don't you understand how to solve problems and and how to solve your own brain problems? Like, obviously, like, okay, okay, here's another good example of, I guess, of my metacognition, question mark, is that I know that the thing to do with treats in my house is to hide them. Okay, this is a solution that I have developed based on the simple fact that if the treat sits out, I continue to eat it no matter what. There's no way to stop me from eating it if it's just lying about. But if I stuff it into a cabinet or into a drawer, I think about it less and I eat it less. Right. Metacognition at its finest. Solutions based on metacognition. There you go. Maybe I'll just give that example to my students and then they'll be good. Maybe. Maybe they'll finally get it. Everyone loves treats. I mean, who doesn't love treats? I still think it'd be more effective if you came, though, and was a guest lecturer. You know, I I'll would... see if I can arrange that. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I would prepare as much as possible for that momentous <laughs> occasion, just so that I didn't look like an idiot in front of a classroom full of kids. Anyways, so I think we're out of time. Indeed. Maybe ponder on that, and if you have any more thoughts on that between now and next time, let me know. Okay, okay, we'll do.